Welcome back to the Sir Yacht Show. Today, I am joined by sports law professor, sports legal analyst, and a sports attorney, Dan Lust. Uh, Dan, I, I thanks so much for coming on, on on short notice. I really appreciate it. I'm going to have to stop doing things in life because my bio is getting too long, Joe. I, I think, uh, listen, are you Joey or Sir Yacht? Sir Yacht on this either course? one, either one. I see I'm getting mine. Mine's getting too long too, man. But yeah, you got too many, uh, you got too many initials at the end of your name, man. People, before we start, make sure you go follow him at sports law lust everywhere. I think Twitter and Instagram. Uh, so for people that don't know about the Deshaun Watson situation, could you just give them kind of a rundown on what he is being accused of and what is currently going on? Yeah, let me let me do a little bit of a history. We don't, um, you know, I think, uh, Joey, as you know, I, I'll give you the hard stuff. I'll just be honest about what, what's going on in the case. Sometimes it's hard to discuss these things, but it's important. Um, so a lot of people will talk about this case, but they won't have read all 22 civil lawsuits. And they're messy, like, you know, and that's why, you know, I'm, I'm happy to at least give you the higher points of this. Now, did you read all 22? Uh, I have. Um, I commented at the time, a lot of them were a cut and paste job from one or the other, which lawyers tend to do. So sometimes you'll hear, and I'm happy to speak to it, that these lawsuits are very similar. It might indicate a pattern of Deshaun Watson, but I, I read the complaints. A lot of them are a cut and paste job. So there could be a pattern or more logically, the attorney just cut and pasted different portions. It made them look similar. Not to say that they weren't, but there's also a logical, I don't want to, you know, I'm just going to point out, sometimes lawyers do use cut and paste. It's a, not immune to uh, high school and college students. Lawyers do it at times as well. I don't do it, Joey, because I write my own briefs, but, you know, sometimes <laughs> lawyers will do it. Yeah, yeah so what, what's it, what exactly is going on right now? Like, what, for people that don't know about the Sean Watson situation. Yeah, I'll, let's do a 30-second view or 30,000-foot 30, overview. 22 women have filed civil lawsuits against Deshaun Watson. Civil lawsuit does not mean a crime, but you could have a civil lawsuit that also speaks to a crime. Now, um, people will know what the O.J. Simpson case. I got charged with a crime, and then after that was over, you got you know deal with the civil cases. So if there's a crime, the civil cases stop. But the civil cases will keep going until a crime is charged or something like that. So these civil cases have been going on for, um, I don't know, really a year at this point. And they all speak to, uh, we'll say, a massage that kind of went into a non-consensual territory, either with an area that, that Deshaun wanted touched that the masseuses didn't want to touch or some forced uh, action. You can use your imagination as to what I'm referring to. But 22 women all alleged that something like that happened. They were all massage therapists or, you know, they were in that, that category. And they all allege, you know, in some way, shape or form, they went into a private room with Deshaun expecting to have a normal massage. And then it wasn't, any, it was anything but normal. So the, the maybe strange part of this, all 22 women, you know, sometimes you can have cases like this. Everyone hires different lawyers. All 22 women hired the same lawyer, a guy by the name of Tony Busby. Mm -hmm. He's, uh, you know, a controversial character over in Houston. And Deshaun Watson lawyered up and hired one of the most preeminent sports attorneys, a guy by the name of Rusty Harden, who's represented Adrian Peterson, Roger Clemens. He's like the top dog in, in, in that particular field. So um, that's what we've been dealing with for the last year up until really like two, three weeks ago when uh, the lawyers let us know that the grand jury was going to convene. So that's that's what we walked into on Friday. The civil case moving along, depositions kind of happening slowly. And then uh, the grand jury convened and, and it certainly turned the case on its head. So from my understanding on Friday, there were 10 criminal cases. Is that correct? And, and the jury did not indict any of the cases. Uh, is that correct? Uh, you're, you're like 90% there. There were, so there's 22 women of the 22, 10 of them filed criminal complaints. 
In order to have a crime charged, the person, the victim, is going to have to file a complaint or else, you know, the, the police don't really have anybody to work with. So of those 10, um, for whatever reason, and, and the grand jury is supposed to be a secret proceeding, and I'll explain a little bit of, uh, you know, the, the, the ham sandwich line, which, Joey, uh, I know you're... you're Pat, McAfee, Pat McAfee quoted you on his show. It was awesome. He did, as the sports lawyer guy. I do have a name, right? But uh, I'll take it from Pat, sports lawyer guy. I know your name. It's uh, we'll, we'll get Pat to know your name eventually. So, you know, here's the thing. Nine, the, the prosecutor's office in felony, uh, the, the prosecutor's office decided to bring this to a grand jury. They subpoenaed nine of those 10 women to speak in front of the grand jury. There are multiple reports out there that of these nine women, they were all sitting in some waiting room somewhere in the, in the you know, next to the grand jury. Only one of them provided live testimony. Um, and there's reports that of the other, you know, the other women, a lot of videos were shown. So when the grand jury or when the prosecutor's office put out a note that said the grand jury heard from all of the women, that was a little misleading because as far as we know from reports, they heard from one person live. They didn't call the other eight and they watched video testimony of these other people. It's all, you know, it's not my reporting. It's just out there. What, what is interesting from a legal standpoint, just so people know this, uh, in Texas, in order to hit someone with a felony, you have to go to the grand jury. But if the prosecutor wanted, they could have just charged to show him with an indictment by literally writing a piece of paper and handing it to him. You're charged with it with a with a misdemeanor. So um, they didn't do that. They went to the grand jury and the grand jury, Joey, didn't return a misdemeanor or a felony. They returned absolutely nothing. So a huge win for Deshaun and a massive loss by the, the DA's office here. There's no there's no other ways to put it. They were a big favorite coming in to get an indictment um, and they walked away with zero. So definitely th those guys, uh, you know, they're embarrassed, whatever you want to call it, but those guys took a huge loss. So from from your kind of end of things, do you think there is a legitimate case that like any of those cases that came up criminal or even any of the 22 cases that he should have been indicted? Well, here's here's where this famous uh, lawyer line, this ham sandwich line comes in. Joey, do you, when I say that a, that a grand jury can indict a ham sandwich, do you have any idea what I'm talking about? I, I, I kind of do, but could you explain it anyways? Well, this is, this is why we're kind of jumping up and down that there was never a case yet. So the prosecutor, when they, when they bring something to a grand jury, it's not like, um, like my cousin Vinny or like Law & Order, like a few good men. There's one attorney presenting the facts and they cherry pick the best facts and there's no defense attorney on the other side like giving the other side. So it's just a one-sided avenue. That's why... Um, you exert so much control, you could basically get an indictment against anybody. You could even get an, an indictment against a ham sandwich. Why it's a ham sandwich, I don't know. Don't ask me. I, it could have been a tuna sandwich, a turkey sandwich, a ham sandwich. Yeah. Um, so, but Joey, you asked whether I think there was a case here. I think just the way the grand juries work, if you're a sports betting guy, which uh, I, know, um, you know, I know you are, I think that the prosecutor's office gets an indictment more often than not, whether it's seven times out of 10, eight times out of 10, they get it more often than not because it's so, they control the whole panel, right? There's, there's no, no one fighting back. The fact that they got nothing um, from this tells you either one of two things. There's only, only two conclusions. The prosecutor's office mailed it in. They didn't try that hard, which is possible, right? They only, they didn't call, at least as far as the reporting concerned, they didn't bring all the women in to testify live. Or B, which I think is equally as you know, uh, likely here, the evidence was just weak the whole time. And then the question is, Joey, why they brought this to a grand jury if they knew the evidence was weak or if they weren't going to try their hardest. So, you know, and I'm not going to throw shade at, at a guy like Adam Schefter, but that's why you, no one can say that the truth came out on Friday. We don't know if the evidence was weak, if the prosecutor's office didn't try that hard. 
We don't know. And this 20 civil cases are still going. So, you know, Watson, as much as he has clarity, you know, clarity on the criminal case, we don't have clarity on the suspension. We don't have clarity on whether all teams, including your Cleveland Browns, are, are willing to part with the full ask or whether they think he's going to get hit with the 10 game suspension. There's a lot of uncertainty around here. How hard is it to prove? I mean, cause there's such a, there's such a stigma against proving sexual assault and, and, and there's a lot of people here in Cleveland. And I would imagine all the other fan bases that are contention for Deshaun Watson that are like, there's no way 22 women are lying about sexual assault. How hard is it for a I mean, prosecutor for anybody to prove sexual assault? I mean, it depends. Um, you know, let's just, it really depends on the forum, right? At a grand jury level, in order to get an indictment, I don't, I shouldn't say easy, but it's very doable. It's not that it's a very low burden. Now to prove sexual assault at a civil case, um, and that's what these 22 women have to do. It's going to be a long case. It might take a year, year and a half, two years. That's the thing that Browns fans are signing up. These cases aren't going away. We should mention that like, I think from all optics, Watson has attempted to settle all of them or none of them. Um, and at least the reporting that's been out there, you know, I've been in the weeds in it. Uh, report that four women were holdouts right around the trade deadline of last year. So that Watson tried to settle all the cases, pay some amount of money has been out there that some of the numbers for settlements have been in the six figures. So I don't know, six figures times 20, right? It's a number in the, in the millions. Um, but, uh, you know, Watson hasn't been able to settle them. So the civil cases still floating around is something called the preponderance of the evidence. That means you have to show you know, when you weigh all the evidence, it's more likely that he did it. So that's like 51%. And then something like at the criminal level, which is called beyond a reasonable doubt, that's something like 90%. That's how a guy like OJ Simpson, which I mentioned, cannot be proven guilty beyond a reasonable doubt. So no crime. So like, let's put the number at 75%. It's not quite 90. Um, but he still can be found liable on the civil level, which is like 51 and have to sell his Heisman trophy and, you know, have to, you know, pay, pay money out because the burden is lower in civil. But here's the thing, right? If it is that scenario where the evidence is very weak, Joey, the one I was telling you about at the grand jury, not that the prosecutor tried hard, but that the evidence was weak. That's a lower burden than the civil court. And it's a lower burden than the criminal court. So it's, it's not, um, let's say if you're a Deshaun Watson fan and you want this to get cleared up. It's a huge win because there's a world where it does speak to the evidence, not necessarily. So Adam Schefter can't be out here saying the truth has come out, but there is a clear avenue where the evidence was not as strong as I think most people thought it was when they brought it to the grand jury because they came back with nothing. And is that is that to the fall of, of Tony Busby? Or I, I'm just confused why only one person uh, testified or like was in person uh, for, for the grand jury. I'm just very confused. It's, it's not our reporting, you know, it's, it's out there. People can find it. Um, but I, you know, your, your guess is as good as mine. Why you subpoena nine women to the grand jury. And if it's true that only one spoke in front of the grand jury, that asks a lot of questions, right? Why did, in theory, why did eight people waste their day sitting in a waiting room? Right. And I think the, the, um, the grand jury was done because I, I got the tweet around three thirty central time, you know, this didn't have to be a one day proceeding. It's a complex case involving, you know, at least at least nine women. This could have gone into Monday. Um, so I'm not exactly sure what 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 the rush was. Um, you know, this is a really high profile case. You know, by and large, you know, on these high profile cases, you know, you you want the prosecutor, you want to take your time with this. You don't want to leave any stone unturned. You don't want to look stupid like the Harris County DA's office does here. So, yeah, I, I don't I don't know how to read it other than, you know, it's an unanswered question 
And the DA's office, when they put out their statement, didn't want to answer it. So um, your guess is as good as mine, but it's, it's not a good look for the DA's office. So I look at um, I look at cases in the past, you know, like Ben Roethlisberger got suspended six games. I think it got reduced to four. Ezekiel Elliott, six games. Uh, to show, those guys had, you know, isolated incidents. There are 22 different incidents right here for Deshaun Watson. If a team like the Cleveland Browns trade him, I mean, I, I, is there a way Deshaun Watson plays this season? And if he, I mean, what do you think is, is a, a proper suspension or a suspension maybe that we can look out for? Well, like, you know, I, I guess we'll start with this. Um, Kareem Hunt's a big guy in Cleveland, right? He had his issues in Kansas City. No crime ended up being resulted, but he got cut from his team, right? Um, and now he ended up with a new team, and it's in the past. Um, there was no, never a civil case, a criminal case that Kareem Hunt had to worry about. So it was just the NFL, right, where the, the Chiefs right. cutting him. Watson could have a world similar to Antonio Brown, another Pittsburgh Steeler, where he is playing football while there is a civil sexual assault case against him. That's what happened to Antonio Brown last year. No one talked about it. We cared about it in our legal world, but that case was not resolved. The, you know, the alleged uh, rape uh, that happened over, you know, when he was a member, um, you know, I think it was in Florida. So, um, you know, I, I think Watson does play football in 2022. I don't, you know, I'm a general manager, right? And I know, I think Watson's meeting with the Browns today. I think he's meeting with the Falcons tomorrow. Trade offers from the Panthers and Saints have reportedly come in. And that's just the beginning, right? I think the Eagles have made their calls. So if I'm a general manager, I'm probably not making a call. I don't want to be anywhere near Watson, just in case, you know, um, he ends up being held liable at civil court. Terrible look for anyone's tenure as GM. Mm -hmm. But then there's the part of me, um, and I know, uh, you know, we can talk to Trevor Bauer, another, you know, Cleveland sports guy. Guy was exonerated at the civil court level. I'm not necessarily a fan of Trevor Bauer, but... I am a fan of due process. The guy won his case at the civil court level. The DA's office said there were no charges. I'm not sure why Trevor Bauer is not allowed to play baseball, right? Same thing with Watson. Watson has won that first step. There is no grand jury indictment. Um, he's going to have to allow the civil case to play out, but there is no rule in the NFL that says if you have a civil lawsuit against you, you're not allowed to play sports. Same rule why Trevor Bauer is going to come back to baseball. Um, so I think we're going to have an uncomfortable world like we had with Brown, where Watson is playing NFL games where, while in a civil courtroom, 20 plus women still believe that he did something akin to sexual assault. I think as uncomfortable as that is, you might have a suspension that happens first, but I, I think we're going to get there. Yeah, I, I, I would agree. And it's, I think it's just, it's, it's alarming. Cause I think it's right now it's like saints, Panthers, Browns and Falcons have, have, have stepped into the mix. So I think it's four teams right now. And it seems like it's just going to be four teams. Uh, you know, the Falcons are going to meet with him tomorrow. The issue I have is, you know, I, I, due process, you know, it is what it is. And people uh, in, in Cleveland have argued, well, Jacob Phillips and Grant Delpit in LSU, they had allegations against them with kind of the same things. And, and we rooted for Kareem Hahn. And, and there's a lot of, pro there's a lot of problematic people in the NFL. And that's just, I don't know if that's going to go away anytime soon. It just, it, it is the way it is. Um, what I'm just worried about is the the entire mess that comes from that not knowing if how much Roger Goodell is going to suspend this guy because I, I I think he's going to get suspended I don't I don't there's no way he doesn't and I and I don't know how the fan base is necessarily going to react he might they, there might be a lot of people that Andrew Barry everybody from the Cleveland Browns lose as fans for how, however long I mean this team this uh, town revolted uh, when the Indians changed to the Guardians could you imagine this is the problem I have is this guy could be on billboards everywhere he's the face of your franchise and he has whether he did it or not 22 civil 
lawsuits against him for sexual assault. And I just personally, I personally, and I'm talking about this a whole lot. I personally just don't believe 22 women are lying. And it's just a very, un unfortunately, an uncomfortable conversation for everybody to have, but it's a conversation that people need to have. And it's going to keep going if, if he's in Cleveland. So I, I don't know. It, I guess what I'm trying to ask is how, how the hell does any team navigate this whether, when they bring him on? How? So, you know, let's unpack it, Joey. You, you, you laid out the analysis, right? Like, I'm a general manager of a team. Like, I, I don't know how I could look like on International Women's Day, right? Like, how can you just how can you show up to work, right? You traded for the guy that's, you know, is basically it, whether Watson needs to or not, he's, his attorney's statements are basically saying that 22 women are lying, right? That's, that's Watson's defense, you know? Well, here's the thing, so, too. I mean, we know he took it too far at points because the attorney said that some of the uh, some of the interactions turn into sexual intercourse, but he's saying those interactions were consensual. Right. It, it, it's a tough world. Like, put it, put it this way. Like, and, and like, I guess let's let's speak to the, the logical point. I, I, I'm a general manager. I'm not going to do it because let's say, you know, it's everyone's like, put it this way. The day that your team signs Deshaun Watson, there is going to be a protest outside the stadium. I can certainly, certainly say that. Week one, going to be a protest. The Boo Birds are going to come out. And that's with Deshaun Watson never having thrown a pass. Imagine if the team starts playing poorly. Imagine if he gets a 10-game suspension and the team's already out of contention by then, right? And we haven't spoken about the fact that Deshaun Watson signed a mega, mega deal. He's one of the highest-paid quarterbacks in football. So you're signing up. You're giving up three draft picks, right? That's the ask right now, three first-round draft picks. Right. And you're paying the guy a ton of money. And then you don't even know how long the guy's going to get suspended for. So that's, Joey, here's the real question, right? Ezekiel Elliott had a case, you know, that no criminal charges. Goodell hit him with a six-game suspension. Ben Roethlisberger had a sexual assault case. Goodell issued him a six-game suspension. was reduced to four. So, you know, uh, I, you know, if I'm putting an over-under on it, if I'm a sports betting guy, I think six and a half, five and a half, that's the number I would look at for an over-under. But here's the problem, right? There's, there's two ways to look at this. Be glass have full, glass have empty. We know there's something called the commissioner's exemplist in sports. Um, it allows Roger Goodell to put someone on paid leave pending some type of investigation. So if you think you someone did something bad, you take them off the field, you pay them your full salary, but you put them on the exemplist. That makes them ineligible to play. I've always been on my you know, soapbox that they had enough to put him on the commissioner's exemplist, Joey, because 22 women are accusing him of sexual assault. That seems like enough to put you on the exemplist. Goodell, to the contrary, right, did something he, he zagged when everyone thought he was going to zig. He goes, we don't have enough to put him on the exemplist, so we're not going to do it. Deshaun Watson was eligible to play all of last season. The Carolina Panthers reportedly tried to trade for him. He used his no trade clause. He didn't want to go there. The Dolphins said they wanted to play him, but they wanted his civil cases cleared up. Um, but he was eligible to play. So now, right, what do we have? What has changed factually? Not much, right? Um, he pled the fifth at his deposition. He got off on the criminal case. So there's that world where you could tell me there's no suspension and I could buy that, right? I'm not going to, I would never bet on this, but like I could see that. And the other one, right, is when you take Zeke and you take Ben Roethlisberger, right? Civil charges, right? Allegations. And you multiply that by 20. That, that's the dangerous world where the guy could be facing a suspension that could be, you know, 10 games, if not more. So that's why I put the line at five and a half, right? But I, I could see it wildly swinging to zero to 10. Um, and that's, that's the fear, probably reason 10 why I wouldn't trade for him because I don't really know what I'm getting. Yeah, sure. And I, that, that, that is a great point you made. Um, I just thought of something. So 
I think a lot of people don't understand how civil court works. You know, Deshaun Watson invoked his Fifth Amendment right in in criminal court, so he didn't he didn't he didn't speak at all. Um, I don't I don't think he's allowed to do that in civil court. Like he has to speak. Is that correct? Yes and no. I'm Joey. How are you learning this, this legal stuff? Are you in just your replies, figuring this stuff out? Or are you doing so? This on? is why I do not talk about it. That's why I bring you on. And I think, I, but I honestly like, I as as novice as I am in the legal world, and fortunately, I think it's a lot of it's because I haven't had to experience it. I think a lot of people are just so confused by it because, um, for example, with the Bill Cosby case, uh, wasn't it because of of double jeopardy? Like they they found something criminal in civil court, and then he was put in, in prison, and then he appealed, and he won his appeal. Is that correct, or am I totally misunderstanding that? I'm not in the weeds with the Cosby case, but I can tell you at least with the Watson stuff, with the Fifth Amendment stuff, which, you know, I mean, so let's, let's, let's take two steps back. The Fifth Amendment is your right against self-incrimination. Um, you know, I followed this case because I'm, you know, in the weeds of all the sports law stuff, but the Tyler Skaggs case, which we saw the Los Angeles Angels pitcher that, that uh, passed away, you had a guy like Matt Harvey who was testifying to using coke in a courtroom. He could have pled the fifth. I think that was part of the deal he worked with the prosecutors. And if he pled the fifth, it was because he was worried about criminal charges being assessed against him. And he was utilizing it in criminal court. That's usually when it happens. If you plead the fifth against your right against self-incrimination in a civil case, there's this great, it's, it's interesting, but the other side can view your refusal to answer something called an adverse inference. They can basically say, you're refusing to answer because the answer to that question is going to be harmful to your interest. So you can still plead the fifth, but you, your doing so can be used negatively against you in that, in that case. He could use it. This is kind of a very niche legal point, but he was allowed to use it on Friday because that's when the grand jury was. Because literally, if he said something bad, it could impact him at the grand jury. But now if they bring him back for a deposition, Deshaun Watson just did this press conference. He's like, I'm not charged, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, he went out and did this victory tour. You can only use the right, this Fifth Amendment right, if you think there could be criminal charges against you. But Deshaun Watson and his attorney, right, and Adam Schefter, everyone say, oh, yeah, he's off the criminal case. So if they bring him back for a deposition, he's probably going to have to testify. And if he testifies, right, that's how Goodell could hit him with a further suspension. So I think Watson's trying to play this waiting game and hoping that the trade's going to work out. He'll settle all these cases before the deposition comes. Um, that's why Watson's attorney was trying to push the depositions back as far as he could. But the judge, um, Tony Busby, the guy on the plaintiff side, he goes, no, no, we got to speed this, speed this part up. So criminal stuff can be revealed in the civil court, but it can't, you can't be tried for it again. Is that correct? Yes and no. I mean, like this is why the OJ Simpson case is our, is our guiding point. The criminal case always happens first. If there's two, that's why like when you're accused of murder, Right. You, the criminal charges happen pretty quickly. And then the civil case happens after to the extent you, you know, cost someone's, someone's life. There could be money. Right. Or theft. You stole something. The person still has a right to get that money back. So this was a weird case where the D.A. sat on the case for a year and the civil case had to move forward. So civil stuff can be used against you in the criminal case. But it's just rare because the criminal case usually happens very quickly. Um, like with Henry Ruggs, the guy, you know, the Raiders wide receiver hit with criminal charges immediately. Like. You know, DWI, gun found in the car, someone passes away, criminal charges. The fact that this case took a year to go to the grand jury is part of the reason you have legal experts saying, like, there just wasn't that much evidence here. They took a year to build up the case, and that's all they had. Like, that was probably the most they thought they could get. Um, so, yeah, it, the civil stuff can be used against you in the criminal court. It's just rare that the criminal case hasn't happened yet if you're all the way at the point where depositions are happening in the civil case. Usually... Uh -huh. It happens pretty quickly. 
do you, it's such a weird topic to talk about. I just, it, I typically go to sports to avoid topics like this. And now that it's like kind of crossing, I mean, this is, I mean, this is your bread and butter though. That's the thing is, is, is when sports and, and legalities kind of cross together. I just, Dan, I just find it problematic that he had 40 massage therapists. He had, he had 40. In, in the court of public opinion, like, Let's say, you know, Joey, you and I are running the Cleveland Browns, right? We're going to return them to their glory. We're having this conversation. Like, we're having the conversation that fans are going to have. Like, okay, maybe he was exonerated in criminal court. Maybe the civil cases got settled. But, like, why the guy have 40 massage therapists? Why, why didn't he just use the same team massage person? Like, that, that's an unanswerable question that maybe is not a crime. Maybe it's not going to result in civil liability. Maybe it's not even, you know, admissible as evidence in the civil case. But it's something that fans are going to be talking about. And that's why my, you know, I, I come from, you know, Joey, you know this. I, I used to work in PR for the New York Giants. That's, you know, I, I think about that stuff. Um, I was there, um, you know, I was a low-level intern. But, like, I was there when Plaxico Burr shot himself in the foot. Like, I was, you know, I, I lived through, it's a really messy and ugly scenario. So teams have to be having those conversations. And, you know, like, that's why Watson probably... I mean, I, I think he's going to get dealt. And, but we, like, I mean, to your point, I don't love talking about it either, but I'm a sports fan first and I'm a lawyer second. And if my team is about to sign Deshaun, Deshaun Watson, like, I have to be thinking about this stuff now to voice my displeasure. So maybe the front office doesn't make that move. Um, I'm seeing it and mainly in my replies. If we have any betting people here, um, Panthers fans are all in my replies. And I've never had Panthers fans in my replies from anything I do. I have Browns fans in my replies a lot, Cleveland Guardians. Roller Derby fans in my replies, yes, um, but not Panthers fans. So I think there's rumblings and it looks like Panthers fans, I think are, are potentially into it. I haven't seen anything so negative, but that's just, maybe that's just over there. I think the general consensus is, can somebody else have this because there's going to be a lot of problems. Do you find it problematic that, you know, we're not even four days after the, the criminal uh, part of this got settled and he was not indicted that people are, are pushing to trade for him so fast? Like, do you find it irresponsible that even with the, that's being done, there's 22 civil cases that who knows what comes up or what happens? I mean, I don't, I don't want to ruffle any feathers, but yeah, I think it's, I think it's odd, you know, like, um, I, I don't know, Mike Vick, which was an odd conversation. Like I was, you know, I was in, in the, working in an, for an NFL team when Vick got signed by the, uh, the Eagles you know, but the guy served his time. So people were like, you know, guy gets a second chance. That's fine. He served his time. He admitted what he did. He took a plea of guilt and we're moving on. Watson is a unique scenario. Um, like Ezekiel Elliott wasn't traded from the Cowboys when his stuff went down. Mm -hmm. Roethlisberger wasn't traded from the Steelers. So like I get your own team having loyalty to you, you know, they, they want to have your back, but I, I find it odd that like outside franchises, like, Oh, let, let's take the, you know, the Texans, uh, you know, let's, let's take them off the Texans' hands. Let's, and like, the crazy part is like three first round picks. They're going to be potentially eating hundred percent of the salary. Like, uh, you know, like the, the Washington football team did with, uh, you know, with Wentz. Like, I just find it odd that it's not only that teams are willing to trade for him. Like, I don't think I, you know, people might call me crazy. I don't think I would take him for like a seventh round pick. I just don't want him on my team, which maybe is just me. Maybe that's, maybe, uh, maybe I'm in the minority, but like, I don't know why teams are A, willing to trade for him, but B, giving up all of their draft capital, willing to take on the salary, and not even knowing if the guy did it, didn't do it, might get suspended, not get I just think it's mm -hmm. so much uncertainty um, to put all your chips in. And it just, it just seems – plus the guy hasn't played football in a year. I don't, I don't know if anyone's factoring that in. But 
you know, uh, maybe, maybe again, that's just me. That is really true. And here's the thing. He requested a trade before all this stuff happened. All of a sudden he gets, you know, a sexual assault allegation against him. And everybody's like, oh, this is weird. This seems like a play by the Texans to make him look bad, to drive his trade value down. Well, then there's 22 cases that happen. So, I mean, I mean, if this was just a football thing and Deshaun Watson wanted to be traded like he was before, then I don't think anybody, everybody would be like, sure. Like, I, I love Baker. You know, he's a great guy. He follows me on Twitter. But Deshaun Watson, arguably a top, oh, four, on, top five on. quarterback. Hold on. Humble, humble brag. Baker follows you on Twitter. Let's like, let's not bury hey, it. For anybody that follows this podcast and listens, I always subtly flex myself because I look, I bring on guests that I think are awesome. Okay. So it's hard to compete against a sports attorney who is settled is a law professor at, in New York. And you know, yesterday I, I had uh, Anthony Nelson. He's a linebacker on for the bucks. We're going to interview Nick Chubb at some point. Gotta, you know, you gotta throw these jabs in there. Um, but Man, I just I can't wrap my head around this. Have you talked to other sports attorneys, maybe Asians, maybe just people around the league that have paid attention to this? And, and what is the general consensus? The, the consensus is that even in 2022, um, and I, Joe, you know, I'm not a political person, but like the woke mob is out there. Right. If you say the wrong thing, people will come after you. Right. The, Mike Vick had a, uh, you know, I think if Mike Vick fought dogs in 2022. Yeah. I don't think you guys playing in the NFL again, but I, that's me no. saying that. Mm-hmm. I don't, you know, but then again, if Deshaun Watson not just plays in the NFL again, fetches three first round picks, um, then, you know, I think cancel culture hasn't made its way to the NFL yet, right? I think NFL owners are still more concerned about winning than they care about PR, which is fine, right? So your owners are allowed to do that. Um, and if that's your, your organization's flavor, I get it. Um, I don't necessarily want my team to, to do that and deal with that firestorm. Um, you know, the New York Giants have come out and said that they're not interested in trading for Deshaun Watson. And I imagine, you know, I'm, I'm not connected to the organization anymore, but Daniel Jones isn't like the second coming. They just don't feel, I would imagine that the Giants don't feel comfortable talking about these assault allegations. And I think a lot of teams are going to feel that way. I think the Dolphins already have come out and said it. So you're sensing a real dichotomy in the NFL about which teams care more about winning and which care more about putting on uh, this, you know, this squeaky clean image. So, um, and again, just, just so people know where I'm coming from. I am a, as much as I, you know, I don't have anything against Deshaun Watson and I'm a fan of due process. I think Deshaun Watson can play again in the NFL. And I think he should. I'm just surprised at the, you know, that, that there's an appetite to just give up the farm for him. Sure. Um, I would think that teams would be more concerned about it. They're not. Um, but, you know, I, I guess that's, uh, that's the world we're in today. I think from a fan perspective, and thank you for, for bringing in this legal perspective, because I mean, again, I don't talk about these things because I see sports as kind of a distraction from like the real world. But then also, I just don't talk about things that I have no knowledge about. The issue I kind of have, and this is one of the last things I'll say, and I appreciate your time here, is it seems like fans, unfortunately, and this is just how it's going to be cherry pick what is right and what is wrong. Um, for example, Ben Roethlisberger, you know, Browns fans here, and you can imagine the things that they say to him. And, you know, but then you bring in a guy like Deshaun Watson. I, I see these same people, you know, welcoming him and, oh, like, you know, it's it's done in court. Like, he can play, like, whatever. You just, you want Baker. You don't want a top-five quarterback. It's just there's a lot of people dismissing that. And for me, cherry-picking in that instance and also being, you know, not somebody that has dealt with those things, like a woman or even – I mean, men obviously can can go through the same thing. Um, I know a lot of people are, are very, very, very – traumatized by this whether it's in cleveland or wherever wherever it is um let's let's put it this way again this is kind of where we started the conversation it's 
it's an uncomfortable conversation. I am a sports fan. I go to sports for my escape, but my followers and people keep asking me about this case, right? And, you know, um, even Joey, as crazy as it is, I go on some betting shows and they want to know the futures, right? We're, we potentially could go, right? Browns, I think are 30 to one as of today. I think the Saints are right around there, 28 to one. Panthers are 40 to one. Falcons are 40 to one. So like, I am a sports fan. I am a recreational better. Gambling is legal in New York, um, but I'm also a lawyer. So like, we got to, you know, I think everyone's following this and the lines, I'm just, I watch it. The line moves based on where Deshaun Watson is, you know, Deshaun Watson's meeting with Browns today, Falcons tomorrow. So like, you, you kind of have to have an understanding of all things sports, um, you know, and sports law is in there as a sports business. So um, here's, here's what I'll say. And I, and again, not to show, throw shade at Adam Schefter, but people without a legal background, um, I think are hesitant for a reason because of what happened to Schefter. Schefter said that the truth came out, right? We don't know that. 22 women did not give up their cases on Friday. They didn't lose. Those cases in civil litigation for our Browns fans out there, this case can go on for another two years, right? It's, it's, we're still at depositions. We haven't done motions. We haven't done, um, you know, we haven't prepared for non-party witnesses that don't have anything to do necessarily with this. We haven't gone through cell phones. I think medical records still hadn't been exchanged, at least according to Rusty Harden. So there's a lot of, this case doesn't go away. The case goes away if all the women settle, but like even by settling, right? Hasn't Deshaun Watson kind of admitted that something bad happened? So that's, that's why I want to caution everyone. Like, you know, Joey, you're not cherry picking. There's the world at large that is saying, we, yeah, there's no criminal charges, but there's still a 50-50 on the civil case. So until the day where a, a jury goes up and assesses this on a 50-50 basis and those cases go away, short of that, um, you know, any type of settlement, I think is going to result in a Watson suspension. So um, you're not wrong. These are objective things. The NFL is run by lawyers other than Goodell. A lot of these high-ranking people um, are lawyers that to control suspensions and whatnot. So, um, you know, you'd be kidding yourself if you thought that Friday just cleared everything. And now, like, Rusty Harden, the lawyer, he's like a magician. He pulls a rabbit out of his hat. The case is over. Like, it's not true. This case will go on for another year, year and a half. And again, wow. even if it settles, then then if it settles, right, I think the suspension is is going to be long because Watson's now admitted to this. So, so do you I think, think the, do you think suspension – doesn't happen until the case is settled. Like if this is ongoing in the 2022 season, Deshaun Watson just plays the entire season. I don't, you know, I, I would have thought that he would have gotten suspended already. Um, I think there's enough, but Goodell, nothing has changed in from our public vantage point. And Goodell said at the end of October, he doesn't have enough to suspend him. He didn't testify. He didn't, not, he didn't get any, you know, any crimes at the grand jury level. So I don't know unless we, the NFL knows something we don't and maybe this is a glass half full if you're a Deshaun Watson fan, I don't know what's changed to have resulted in a suspension. If you ask me if Deshaun Watson's going to be in the field week one, I'd say there's probably like a 60, 65% chance. I, I do. You know, you know, maybe a suspension will come later. We can talk about the length of that, but I, I just, I think all of these teams are getting word. That's why everyone wants to pony up three first round picks because they got word from somebody that he's going to be available to play. I think that's the narrative that makes more sense. I don't think it's right. But I, I think that's what teams are hearing. That I think that would make a lot of sense. It, and I get that is a very good point. It, it, because it, it freaked me out. I'm like the Cleveland Browns are usually so methodical. Like their new front office, they're just they seem so smart. And for them to put their hat into such a a, a fire like this seems seems very confusing. I got, I think one more question for you. And I want you to put on your sports hat. And you've had your legal hat on, so I want you. To, there you go. There you go. Don't mess up the hair though. You got nice hair. Where do you think? 
Deshaun Watson is going to go, and where? How soon do you think a trade is going to happen? Okay, so here's here's um, you know, we're looking for evidence here, and I, I think one thing I said earlier, people should pay attention to. Watson, at least according to reports, had two suitors at last year's trade deadline. It's the Miami Dolphins that he was willing to go to, um, but they didn't, you know, this again reportedly they couldn't figure out the trade, and the Carolina Panthers, which again per reports, he exercises no trade clause to go to. So I listen, I could be wrong and I'm happy to be. I'm just telling you what's out there. I think there's a good read in the room that he's not going to go to Carolina. I think I think that's fair. And then you look at the Saints. Right. I I know he is not meeting with the Seahawks, but that's a team that's got a great organization. I think the Colts were basically one quarterback away from a deep playoff run. I don't I don't think we know. Um, I don't think we can really put a number on it, but. Cleveland, right? You guys are a fantastic organization. You got everything. I don't mean to throw shade at your boy Baker, but like I think Watson is a top five quarterback in the NFL. I think any team he goes to is going to be improved. The Eagles have put their calls in. I I don't, I'm going to give you a cop out, but I think, uh, I don't, I'm just telling you, it's going to be someone off the board, um, but there's about eight teams that need quarterbacks right now. Pittsburgh Steelers also in the market for a quarterback. So I don't, I don't think we know yet. I don't, I think teams are going to do, do, do their deal diligence, but um, I'm hearing Joey that a deal is going to happen, um, you know, in the next 30 days, if not sooner. That's, I think there's just so much momentum behind this. I think a deal does get done. Do you think anything happens in the next 24 hours? No, I think it's going to happen closer to the draft because the team that wants to make the deal is going to want to have, you know, some idea if they have three first round picks, right. They're going to need to scout different guys differently, maybe access some trade. So, you know, I think it's going to happen, you know, I don't know, the next week or two. I don't, again, I, I, it might not for whatever reason, the suspension could come down before that. But, um, you know, when you have draft capital involved, teams need some advanced prep to figure out who they're taking. You can get us out on a, on a higher note. You ready yes, for this? Yes, let me hear it. Yes, please, please. My daughter is two years old and now she's at the stage. She understands colors and she understands shirts and pants. So I have this fun thing for her. Uh, you know, on the weekends I go, which shirt should daddy wear? So I lift her up to my shirts. And she has a favorite shirt. Do you know what I'm about to say? No. You sent me a shirt about a year ago. It's your multicolored Sir Yacht shirt, Maui Ski Club shirt. She loves that, that shirt. It's a fantastic no shirt. Oh, my God. I swear to God. She goes, she goes tie-dye, tie-dye, because it's got all these fun colors yeah. on it. Your shirt. No way. That is that. You know what? I tell you what. I didn't know what you were going to say, but that, that really made me feel – that made me feel pretty good. I appreciate that. I forgot. I, I forgot to send you a shirt. 